Good morning, Rock Church. Hey, good to see everybody. Uh, welcome to The Rock. My name is Travis Gibson. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to say hello to everybody joining us at all of our campuses. What's up, City Heights, San Marcos, El Cajon, Chula Vista, Rock Church, Oahu, everybody joining us online, and everyone in the room today. Welcome your friends. Welcome your neighbors. Clap your hands. Say hello to someone. God bless you. Thanks for being a part of our church. Thanks for coming today. Um, no rain today. Praise the Lord, right? We're coming to church. Ha- Hallelujah. No rain. Come on now. But I hear it's coming. It's coming back. Um, I, I do really, uh, jokes aside, just want to say uh, one, one thing. We've been praying for those that have been impacted by the amount of rain that we've had. There's a lot of flooding. And if you're watching us or joining us, part of our church from out of the area in San Diego, we've had mass rain more than, than usual and uh, had a, a really devastating impact on many people. And so our prayers are with you. In fact, if you want to contribute to the support, you can text the word RELIEF to 52525 and you can see how, what we're doing. We've partnered with the Red Cross. We're sending our, our chaplains to uh, all throughout San Diego just to provide prayer and support and you can contribute. And if you've been impacted, our prayers, our thoughts are with you and uh, we hope that God comes through and makes a way. Come on, let's just thank the Lord because he is faithful even in the hardest times. Uh, Pastor Miles is going to join us next week, so come back and hear his message. Can't wait to have him speak. Powerful word uh, at Super Bowl Sunday. Um, but, but at the beginning of the year, our pastor, he got us started just thinking around the idea that he, he's not the only evangelist, but really as a church, we're called to evangelize. And, and we're called to go win as many people for Jesus as possible. And he challenged the church with this idea, if we can all just get just one person to Jesus, we, we'd change the city. And there's about 7,500, 7,600, 7,800 people in person across our locations. If we all just got one person, man, that'd be incredible. And so we've invited you to send us those names. We can put them up here on the screen. You've been sending us the names of the people who you've been praying for. And as the names go, go on, the ones that you've led to Jesus are highlighted in red. And so you've been sending names, and over time, you've been saying, no, the person I was praying for, we've been praying for, they've now come to Jesus. And so we highlighted them in red. You're going to see a couple, and that means they've been now covered by the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Thank the Lord. He's faithful. He's good. So keep sending in those names, and you can text Next Steps and send us that that information. Um, But we've been teaching you and dripping the gospel, because you you don't want to just bring that person's name, that just one person God gave you, and just watch what the the, the man or the woman of God does and lead them to Christ. We want to equip you. So we've been teaching you the gospel, kind of dripping it, and explaining. There's really three parts our pastor broke down. There's the, the, the why why do we need the gospel? Pastors call it the gospel context. Then there's the gospel text, what Jesus actually did for us on the cross. And then there's the next. What is our response to that? And so we're going to put up the gospel context, the why we need Jesus in the gospel. And, and let's all say it, all of our campuses, everybody online together on the count of three, starting from God. You ready? One, two, three. God created us in his image to live in a loving relationship with him. Pridefully, we rebelled against God and ruined the opportunity. That's, that's pretty good. Take, take 15 seconds, turn to the person next to you, and tell them the gospel context. Maybe a little clunky, but give it your best shot. Take 15, 20 seconds. All of our campuses, you may have to read it. Some of you got it memorized. There it is. Just let it flow. Let it flow. Relationship rebelled and ruined. Lots of good laughter. I appreciate it. Okay, the sentence wasn't that long. (laughs) 
<laughs> struggling, man. Hooked on phonics, worked for me too. Amen. Hey, we're, we're gonna keep doing that all, all throughout the year. We just wanna, hey man, we, we got a culture of, of reaching people for Jesus. Can I get a good amen? Amen, amen. amen. Uh, today we are in week uh, four, I believe, of our, our series entitled The Year That Changed My Life. The year that changed my life. We really believe that if you embrace these principles from God's word, the principles of Jesus, that this will be the year that changes your life. And we started with ownership. It really, you gotta take ownership of your own faith. And then we talked about prayer. That man, prayer would just shift the whole experience for you in your relationship with God. You can talk to him directly. Uh, the third week was, was uh, God's word, the Bible. And how do you know what God has to say about your life if you don't read God's word for your life? Uh, and last week, uh, that was actually week four, was community, the year that community changes your life. And campus pastors, you spoke, and I spoke here and online, and we just encourage it, but we can't do this alone. If we're gonna go, go fast, you can go alone, but you wanna go far, go together. We're better together, and God designed us that way. Well, today is the fifth week, and today's topic is worship. The year that worship changed my life. And, and I know at the campuses, you felt this, I felt it here, but there's just something in the room today. If you just believe God to do something special today, I know he can do it in and through your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, your day. We're praying over the flood victims, those impacted. We're, we're thanking you for the just one names, all those that we're praying for salvation. May they come to know you this week, this moment, today, watching right now at a later time. Also, Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just breathe in. It's an atmosphere of praise and worship, all for your glory. And bless this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, when I say the word worship, what comes to mind? You don't gotta shout it out loud. You can if you want to. You can put it in the chat. What do you, what do you think about when I say worship? Do you think about Sunday, maybe? Maybe you think about church. Maybe it's your first time and you're like, hey, when I hear worship, I just kind of think of like sad music, maybe. I don't know. It's just, I don't know what you think of. Maybe it's a choir. It could be your, your, your favorite song. Like, man, they didn't play my song. That wasn't worship. But this week they got your song, you're like, oh, the worship. It's amazing, they play. What, what do you, you think of when you think of worship? Um, some of us, we come on Sunday or you join us online and you're, you're watching us and you're, you, you're in service and you kinda check that box. I, I, I checked the worship Jesus box between nine and 11, I nailed it on Sunday. But here's my, here's my question for you, really. What are we doing the rest of the week? So what, what do we do with Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday and Saturday, until we get back to Sunday? You ever think about that? Who, who's getting the glory then, and who's winning the battle then, and who's, who's kicking the devil in the chin then? Who's receiving your worship for the rest of the week? And I want you to think about that, because I've been thinking about this week, and, and kind of getting my mind wrapped around Super Bowl week, and just thinking of all the craze and the praise that goes into Super Bowl week. Right, and in San Diego, like, we don't really got a team in the game, so we're just kind of here for the commercials anyways, but some of you California people, right, go, go any 49er people, the canvases today? Okay, yeah, any, any Kansas City Chiefs people in, in the room today? <laughs> it's like you know him or something, bro, like, yes, it's my guy, it's my guy. Who, 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 there's so much praise and craze, and, and it's the people, and when, the last two weeks when the NFC Championship and AFC Championship games were played, the team that lost, people were weeping. They were just like, oh, oh, uh, uh, I can't go to work tomorrow, uh. Like someone died. 
And the teams that won, there was like, ah, and tears too. Tears for both, for, for the loss and the win. I'm like, man, that, that looks like a lot to me. But then I started thinking about, maybe there's the story within the story. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Any Swifties in the house at church today? Come on. Shout, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the story within the story, isn't it? And I, I, I was looking at some of the, the, the images, of, of really it's Taylor Swift, and my daughter even goes, hey, did you know, Dad, that Taylor Swift's dating a football player? I said, yes, I do. I know that. I think the whole world now knows it, and it's just kind of been this cultural phenomenon, but there's so much attention that has gone into Taylor Swift, and I'm not knocking her because I, I get it, man. The Swift army is like the real deal, and no one's trying to go viral for the wrong reasons. Come on, somebody. But I've been looking at the numbers, and, and look at some of these images of, of Taylor Swift. And this is kind of at her concert and, and uh, praise and grabbing. Come on, you can go to the next one. There we go. And just all the phones out and she's got the, the security detail around her. But here, here's what's been so interesting. And you can flip to the other ones. Is that this year they, they've called this kind of cultural phenomenon Swiftonomics. <laughs> yeah, because she's doing her heiress tour around the world. And globally, Taylor Swift has been her own stimulus package. Ten billion dollars generated from her heiress tour. Filling stadiums, 50,000 people on average at her stadium events. So show the stadium pictures. There you go, just, just, just so many people at her, her concerts. And, and again, not, not knocking her, like you do you girl, that's awesome, like I'm giving her props. But the average Swifty, because he got Swift dads and he got Swift moms and he got the Swift kids and they, people coming from around the world changing bracelets. And uh, the average person spends $1,300 going to a Taylor Swift concert. That's the average. I got my ticket. I got my, I got my outfit for the, the concert. Hopefully she sees me and I wave at her and she's like, I love your outfit. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. It's like, oh, where'd you get that? She doesn't shop where you shop. <laughs> I got the plane, I got the, I got the outfit, I got the hotel, uh, I got food when I landed, I bought the merch at the, the concert. I mean, it, the, whole, the whole thing it, it is wild to me, but I hear these numbers and I hear, there, I look at these pictures and, and the videos and my mind goes, man, that looks like something to me. It almost looks like worship. And here's the point to the story, is that everybody worships. It's just a matter of who you worship and how you worship. Because everybody worships. Everybody's designed for it. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse one. It says, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all the delights of his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. There's a bad expression of worship. Then there's a genuine expression of worship. And so I, I brought a sort of just a, a place to, to, to start from a definition of what worship is. And this is what I wrote. Worship is our response to God for who he is and for what he's done. Fully expressed by the things we say and the way we live. That's what worship is. Worship is our response to who God is. It's just who he is in his glory and for what he's done in our lives, but fully expressed by the things we say and the things that we, we do. And then Jesus says this in John chapter four about worship. John four twenty three. he says, yet a time is coming and has now come, Rock Church, 
when true worshipers, underline that in your Bibles, true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, come on, and in what? And in truth. There'll be a time, and the time is right now actually, when the Lord is looking for true worshipers that'll worship both in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. Spirit and truth. So sometimes you walk into the room at your campus or wherever you're at, and, you're, and you go, man, I just feel God's presence. Oh, the Spirit of God is so thick and heavy. It's just amazing. It's incredible. I worship you, God. Your Spirit is all around me. But then there's other moments where God says that you won't feel me because of what you're feeling in your own life. And you're gonna have to worship me, not in spirit, but in truth. And I can just say God is good, God is faithful, even in my darkest hour, because I'll worship him both in spirit and in truth. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter what I go through. The divorce, the breakup, the no money, the lots of money, whatever, I, I can worship God in both spirit and in truth, because God is looking for true worshipers. I love Acts chapter 16. If you have your Bibles with you, go there. If you've got God's word, Acts chapter 16, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. And Acts is the, really the, the birth of the first Christian church. The very thing that we're in and experiencing right now started in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16, and uh, two, two men, Paul and Silas, are demonstrating what I would call true worship. True worship, the, the, the church is exploding, there's momentum. But on this occasion, Paul and Silas are on their way to pray and they meet an enslaved girl who had a demonic spirit and the spirit allowed her to predict the future. And she was a slave to her masters and her masters were making money, but Paul and Silas call the demon out. They deliver her from this demon spirit, but everybody around gets upset and then a fight breaks out. And that's where I wanna pick up in Acts 16, verse 22. It says, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Wait a minute, I, I thought we just started the church. I thought we had momentum. I thought we were coming on Sunday, and I was praising God. Matter of fact, I was on my way to go pray. Why are we getting jumped? I, I think it's an important detail to point out that, that the, the evidence of the presence of God in your life is not the absence of problems. Sometimes you go, oh, I gave my life to Jesus, there's no more problems, right? No, 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 that's not how it works. In fact, sometimes it's the opposite. Anybody? It's the greater the calling, the, gr the greater the attack. It's the greater the obedience, the, the more things get cloudy. The, the, the more that I submit, the, the more temptation starts to come my way. And Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. And Paul and Silas are in trouble in this scenario. They're in trouble. They've been beaten down. They've been shackled. They get thrown into prison. They've been stressed, they, they got broken hearts, and, and maybe that's exactly where you feel your, find yourself today with a broken heart. Maybe you just feel like, man, the world's been beating me down. My spouse is going back and forth. My there's, there's no finances. And maybe that's where you, you, you find yourself today. Well, Paul and Silas were right there, so you're in good company. But look what happens in the story in verse 23. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in an inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. And about midnight, everybody say midnight. midnight. All of our campuses, on the count of three, let's say about midnight. One, two, three. About midnight. About midnight is when the story really starts to take shape and take a turn. 
Um, this, about two weeks ago, my, my neighbor came and said, hey, did you hear on, on the neighbor's app? Someone's car got broken into. It, it's on, they got video and everything. And we looked it up and guess what? It was about midnight. There's three dudes on camera, like no shame, boom, taking off the, the, the Cadillac converters and draining gas and the whole thing. And bro, I'm telling you, the next day we all had more cameras, all of us. We all went out and put new cameras and we're just, you know, did you get the video? Let, let's sync our cameras and we're, we're gonna get them. Because about midnight, stuff happens. Then the storm came and, and, and uh, knocked over a table we had in our backyard and Vanessa wakes me up. She said, babe, babe, babe. There's someone out there. And I'm like, what's that? What happened? What? Because I sleep good. Come on, so I sleep good. <laughs> and so I go out there and I'm like, what happened? It's just the storm, the rain knocked the, the, the table down. But about midnight, you start hearing the midnight monsters. The monsters that aren't there, but you hear them. Because it's at midnight. I don't think it's by chance that this story takes place about midnight. Because what does midnight look like? It's dark. It's cold, scary. Stuff happens that's not good around midnight and it can represent loneliness or fear or anxiousness. But right in the middle of about midnight, Paul and Silas, beaten and bloody, decide to praise God. Here's how the story goes in verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and at once all the doors flew open. Everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights and rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your whole household then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all others in the house. At that hour of the night, about midnight, the jailer took them and washed their wounds and immediately he and his whole house were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Come on, thank the Lord that he is faithful even at about midnight. That's the word of God. Revival breaks out and it's the story of power and potential of praise because in verse 26, we see the power. The earth shakes. It was a reminder, that even though the, the real miracles hadn't really started yet, it was a reminder that what they thought that was so strong, the prison about midnight really wasn't in control. God was in control. The whole prison was put on notice. The power was there and the potential was coming because the potential that was in their true worship was the key that would unlock their miracles. It was the key. The potential of praise, potential is, I, I don't see it yet, but it could happen. And watch this, look up here. That's what true worship is. True worship says, I don't only worship God because my situation is already good. I worship God because he's good and he has the power to change my situation. That's what true worship says. True worship's different. So what does our worship look like? What does your worship look like? What happens when you worship? Does the ground shake? Do things happen? There's three miracles that happen in the story. Here's what God does that we see in Acts 16. The first one, when we worship, God opens up the doors. The first miracle that takes place, when we worship, God opens doors. What is that? That looks like opportunity. That's what that is. 
Anybody need an opportunity today? Just a chance, just an, an opportunity to go do something? Man, I just, if God would just open up the door, I haven't been able to get through it. Acts 16, 26, suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open. Uh, Bernard is with me today. He's hanging out. He's on our safety team. And we'll go through and he's helping us get in and opening doors and just open the door and I get to walk through. I got my Bible and I'm just, it's great to have Bernard with me. If, if I got to get somewhere, Bernard, excuse, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And it's not me, it's just, it's, that, that's just, he serves the house. God, God designed him that way, to help open doors and, and, and to make a way where there isn't another way. That's what he does and that's what Jesus wants to do for you and me. He wants to take the weight of the world off you, the, the shame and the conviction and the darkness, even in your midnight hour and say, I can make a way, I can open doors, even when you don't feel like anybody else can open the doors. Because true worship opens doors. Revelation 3, 8 says, I see what you've done. Now see what I've done. I've opened a door before you that no one can slam shut. You don't have much strength. I know that. You use what you had to keep my word. You didn't deny me when times were rough. You didn't deny me in the midnight hour, in the cold, in the pressure, in the pain. You did what you could. You worshiped me. Now watch what I can do. When we praise God and give him true worship, you can be confident that he's faithful to his word and he will open doors. Here's the second thing. When we worship, God breaks chains. When we worship, he opens doors. When we worship, true worship, God breaks chains. And verse 26, as it keeps going, and all at once the doors flew open, and then everyone's chains came loose. That was the second miracle. And what's a chain? It represents a stronghold. It represents that I, I, I'm stuck. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm on something. I can't get off of it. I'm, there's a stronghold. I'm burdened by this thing. I'm shackled to this addiction, this, this, this relationship. I know it's not good for me, but I can't seem, San Marcos, to let this thing go. I'm, sh I'm shackled to it. It's a stronghold in my life, this addiction, alcohol. I can't let it go. Uh, 20 years ago, I was with the prison ministry. We went to Don Donovan State Prison, and we went in to go minister. We brought a live band with us. And I remember just seeing all the different uh, ages and shapes and races, and they were segregated in their groups, and this group looked way more scary than this group. They looked friendly, and I went over there sat with them <laughs> and then worship started and all of the hard looks and the pain that was in the room started to change because of the worship and, and, and the praise and no, we weren't thinking about the stuff and the sentencing and the, and the, and the, the stuff that had happened or were accused of or that didn't go right or the I haven't seen my family or, or the, the different races or the tension that was in the room no no we we the guys were holding arms now, swaying back and forth. They were, they were jumping up, up and down. They, they, they were weeping from the praise. And I was thinking, man, what, what just happened? What, what changed? It was true worship. True worship, it was the potential of praise changed the whole room. They began to praise God, and it was the key that unlocked their spiritual chains. So they could say, man, I... I'm not worshiping God today because my situation is so good. I worship God because he's good and he still has the power to change my situation. God can do that. Psalm 107, 13 says, they cried to the Lord in their trouble 
and he saved them from distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and he broke away the chains. What chains or chain is the devil trying to hold you captive to? What addiction, what pornography, what toxic relationship, what idea of success has become a chain that the devil is trying to wrap onto you? Suicidal thoughts, anger, depression. If we can tap into the potential and the power of praise and give God our true worship, because he's the great physician, he has the power to heal us, strip away all of the strongholds, and he has the power to break off chains. Here's the last thing I wanna give you, number three. When we worship God in true worship, God changes hearts. That's how the story ends in Acts 16, verse 28. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, because the, 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 the guard wants to kill himself. Oh my, the, 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 the shook, and then the doors, and the chains, and he's thinking, I'm done, and he wants to kill himself. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's a question that a lot of us are asking today. What do I gotta do to be healed? What do I gotta do to have my life different? And the answer for them is the answer for us. It's Jesus. Jesus is our message. He's our only thing we got. It's always and only about Jesus. Jesus. But it was the testimony of that true worship at midnight that began the miracle. The true worship that broke the grounds, shaking, the doors opening, the shackles being released, it was the testimony to the guard. And not just his heart was changed, but now the entire heart of the family. And revival began to break out. And the jailer went from, oh God, I'm dead, to oh God, I'm so alive. Amen. Because I found you. And it was in their darkest hour that I found my darkest moment, and I found Jesus. And revival broke out. Doug, you can play, and I'm gonna see if we can bring out those two chairs, because I was thinking, what would this look like? How, how, could, I, how could I show this to the campuses and everybody online? What would it look like, that moment when there's revival and there's tension in this midnight hour, and it's just Paul and Silas? I want you to go, go with me if you can. Get your, your mind there. And maybe think about your midnight hour, whatever that pain point is. Let's just go there for a second. I'm going to bring out Howard to join me. And Howard, I thought you and I would just, we just act it out. And I'll be Paul and you be Silas. And here we are, we're in prison. No one's singing. They're not praying. But we've been praying. And I know you said you were scared and I told you I was fearful. Even though I've seen God move. We've been doing these things for the Lord, but I'm all wrapped up tonight at the midnight hour. But all I have is my true worship. Remember that, that time we delivered that girl and we worship God in the spirit? Well, God's looking for worshipers that worship in spirit and in truth, and the truth is that God can still do something tonight. And God can still do something in your life. So I figure we just worship. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory. Honor and power to the Lord our God. 
The Lord our God is almighty. The Lord our God is omnipotent. The Lord our God, He is wonderful. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory. Honor and power to the Lord our God. The Lord our God is almighty. The Lord our God is omnipotent. The Lord our God, He is wonderful. Come on, all the campuses, let's do it again. See. Hallelujah, salvation and glory, honor and power to the Lord our God. The Lord our God is mighty. The Lord our God is almighty. He's omnipotent. The Lord our God is omnipotent. The Lord our God. He is wonderful. God, we give you our, our worship, our true worship, in spirit, and in truth. Even in the midnight hour of our life, we can praise you. I know there's somebody at church today that's thinking, man, I, I needed this. Amen. This was for me. My Lord, this is for me. In the midnight hour, we give you our highest praise. And our true worship today says, Lord, even if the situation from day to day, from week to week, doesn't look perfect or good, we can worship you. Because short, huh? And you have the power to change our situation. you need Jesus today worship him with your life I want to lead you in a prayer you can pray it in the quiet of your heart just say dear God I need you I admit that I'm a sinner I admit that I doubt I admit that I fail but I believe that you love me even in the darkest hour of my life I believe that you can forgive my sin today Come into my life. Give me a new heart, new mind, new family, new future. I confess you as Lord of all. Glory and honor belong to you. I give you my true worship. I give you my life. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer today, just want to speak a blessing over your life bless you. May the God of all peace fill you. May his spirit overwhelm you. May he wipe away your sin right now. And may you leave today and worship in these next few moments with all of your joy and all of your peace, fresh wind in your life. I thank you for salvation that's come to this house, forgiveness of sin, new life today. So God, we bless you and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Amen. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Let's posture our hearts accordingly. The Lord is here because we're here. In his name, amen. So can we lift our hands together and acknowledge him for who he is. heaven to us. We bless your holy name. that today. So lift your voice. Your presence Sing. Is I want to embrace him today, family. for today. Come on. Redeemer of my past and present wrong. Holder of my future. Holder of my future days to come. Sing your presence is heaven. Your presence is heaven to me. Sing it like you believe it today, just a little bit louder. Your presence is heaven. Your presence is heaven to me. Sing it's nothing like your presence. Your presence is heaven.
nothing else. Do you want him today? Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Sing. Nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Come on, declare that today before you nothing leave. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else will do, Jesus. today. Just got to have I need just today. Want and believe God for a breakthrough. Nothing 